welcome to the Fools on Fools podcast. My name is Kevin Walker, and as always, I am joined by my co-stars, Anthony Council and Cullen Brown. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022, and it is cold outside. But I hope you're having a wonderful day today and being safe. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then simply tell no one. Today is National Banana Bread Day. So, Colin, Anthony, are y'all big banana bread fans? Bro, I love banana bread. Banana bread be hidden. I remember, I remember back when we were younger, uh, when I was younger, my mom would always like wake up and we would go to um, Starbucks and get banana bread or uh, um, like pumpkin bread or something like that, and then get some coffee and get on my way to school. It's it it, it hits, it hits for sure. I can't yeah, say I've so, ever had pump. I can't say I've ever had Starbucks banana bread. I haven't either. Uh, um, y'all know my mom's cooking. It's it's the it's the cooking that uh, has not blessed the podcast yet uh, in terms of my fellow co-stars. But she does. We keep cook. asking. I know, I know, it's coming. But the point being is, is, she makes this banana bread, and it's like it's good. It's good banana bread. But my brother and my stepdad always seem to beat me to it. So, like, when I get there, there might be, like, one piece of bread left. And I'm just sitting there just like, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, but listen, when you got you got a mom who can cook, stuff like that happens. But, yeah, no, I love me yeah. some banana bread. Banana yeah, bread do hit bread. different. And you see, the thing about banana bread is you don't even have to get the kind. Like, you don't even got to have it made at home. Like you can typically go to the store and get some pretty decent banana bread. It'll still mm. slap to be honest yeah 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 well all right let's talk about it unt we've been saying it we've been saying it all well all all podcasts basically unt pulled off the win against the dragons yeah huge big news um alabama birmingham is down yeah, yeah. I thought that um, I really thought that it was going to be a blowout for UNT, but it was a close one. That shot over, uh, not Elo, obviously, because you know it's Michael Jordan, but the shot over the seven footer um, was huge for uh, Tyler Perry. You know he's clutch. He's always been clutch. He's been clutch all season, and you know this is just, this is nothing new for him. You know he's been mm-hmm. doing. He's 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 been dropping big shots all season. Even when he was at a JUCO last year, winning a championship, he's just, I'll take he's it a little clutch. further. I'll take it a little further. I saw a video the other day. He made almost the exact same shot from the exact same spot in high school as the buzzer ran down. Kevin, oh, wow. if you remember the game that me and you went to, you unit up because you were driving from obviously really far away to beat the halftime buzzer. He hit a shot. I saw. I did see that. Nearly similar to the one that he hit this past Saturday. Um, That's crazy. I've told all my friends because obviously, you know, North Texas being from a uh, low, not from the big power five, it's not as well nationally the known. The mid major. Listen, get to know Tyler Perry's name while you can and yep. hop on that, right. hop on that hype train while you can because this man, it just seems like no matter what's kind of thrown out, out his way, he just continues to ball 25 points. Against UAB in a big game and obviously hitting that clutch shot. Six I mean, he, of nine from gosh, three. Unbelievable, man. I, I don't know he's if y'all clutch. saw it. 
I don't know if you saw it. He actually took a man's ankles mm-hmm. and put them on the side of the court, stepped <laughs> back like, behind the arc, and drained the three. Mm-hmm. That's well. He's, yeah. I mean, UNT and him are on fire. 12th win in a row, 18 out of 19 of their previous games. They've won. It, it's incredible what they're doing. Shout out to Coach McCaslin, too. He's built a winning culture here. I mean, as you said, Kevin, I think a couple podcasts ago, we're a basketball school now. Like in terms they, of like they, what we are now. I mean, that's, they that's keep what... it. They keep it North Texas basketball. You know, mm-hmm. UNT. We we've talked about it on a few different episodes. UNT is known for being the number one defense on the country, and there was a reason why. UAB averaged eighty-one points per game. That's a lot of points for college basketball. I don't care if you're mid-major. I don't care if you're power five. I don't care who you are. 81 points per game is a large a large amount of numbers to maintain. UNT won that game. What was it? 58-57. Yeah, 58-57. Are you kidding me? I mean, they've been doing it all year. They just it's, whatever your standard is, they're gonna yeah. play you so hard defensively. They're gonna bring you down here, and they're gonna outshoot you every single time. Yeah, I mean it's number one scoring defense in the country. Uh, Grant McCaslin has really built kind of the backbone of this program on defense and shooting the three ball. And I mean in today's today's game of basketball, I mean that's what you got to do to win games. And obviously, it's shown in the results. We're now clear. Um, the number one, I think, clear number one. No, no ties with anybody. We are the number one in conference USA. Oh. Well, we were the number one before, but UAB was always kind of on our doorstep. Same with that's what I'm saying. Clear. This week, clear number one. Yeah. Well, I still would really want to get a, a win against. I mean, really, I would like to just win out, but a win against Law Tech would still be really huge. Yeah. No, I was just talking. I think about we're gonna win that game, honestly. I really. I mean. If we could take care of UAB away, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see any huge. reason why, because we got La Tech at home this week. Yeah, and then pending the weather, we should play Southern Miss tomorrow night. Yeah, no, that's gonna yeah. be yeah interesting. Anthony, yeah, I think that sorry. game is uh, now you're good. I think that game is still scheduled um, mm-hmm. for tomorrow. They're still planning on playing uh, Southern Miss. I plan on going to that game uh, in this cold weather if uh, if they allow it. Because um, if the weather's extreme. good enough, if the weather's good enough, I'll be there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just want to see, and then obviously get some audio from them, from the players, just to see uh, what happens, and you know, we'll just we'll just see what goes from there. Because I mean, I think that they're gonna just they're gonna they're, I, I believe they're gonna win every game for the rest of the season, um, but we'll just have to see and find out. So yeah, well, I, now, mean, I hope the I, best for y'all though, because. Y'all might be going to the game, but I might be uh, I might be at the radio station having to tune in to you know Hank and Dave on the call or whoever's calling hey, the game. Hard <laughs> so, at work, hard at work. Represent I, for uh, fools on stools. I am going to be the I am going to be the Debbie Downer of this group, though. As much okay. as we love Tyler Perry and North Texas is balling, I have one simple question: What the heck is Thomas Bell doing? I I don't think because Bell came in right as like kind of like one of the perceived leaders of the team going into the season because of you know obviously 
uh, being on the team last year and previous years and everything. Um, he does a lot of the kind of dirty work, him, Usman, and uh, Aaron Scott. You know, those guys are big uh, scores and everything. Tyler, although he does lead our team in scoring, it's not like Tyler consistently puts up 25 a game, obviously, or else that's what he'd be averaging. Bell is really one of those grit grind players that, uh, depending on the matchup, because I think UNT does a really great job of that, trying to find who's got the hot hand and see who can kind of lead them, because we've had moments where, you know, Tyler's led us, Bell's led us, uh, JJ uh, Murray's led us, uh, Marjorez even had a game where he kind of sparked up there for a little bit. Usman's led us in points before. To me, I don't really – because Bell almost seems like the guy, especially down low, um, he's just such a force, like a bull moving through a china shop, um, that he's just on pure effort. He makes a a significant contribution, even if it doesn't show necessarily in the box score, uh, you know, in terms of, like, statistical value. I still think he's one of the uh, most important players on our team even if, you know, statistically he's not up there with some of the other guys every game. So do you think that this was just a bad game for Thomas Bell? I mean, I, I mean, I know you said he's not, a, he's not, you know, he doesn't show up big on the, st- on the stats and everything like that, but he's known for not being a very good free throw shooter. And like you said, being a down low scorer, you're going to go to the paint. I want, I don't want to say more often than not, but you'll probably go to the paint at least 25% of the time. Um, he had three turnovers and he, I mean, I don't know, just watching him, he fouled out. He only scored three points. Like you said, I get it. If you have a player that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, then I get it. Like there are players that don't show up on the stat sheet that do a lot for the team. But in my opinion, I just, I felt like every time he was in, it was when UAB was going on those scoring runs and everything like that. So I'm, I really hope this is just a down game for 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 Thomas Bell because I know he's he's shown it before that he's a great player, and he has the experience to be great. I just hope it was really a, a, a just a simple down game for him. I mean, he's second on our team in terms of. Uh points scored per game and everything right behind Tyler. Uh, he's averaging just over 12 points while Tyler's averaging 14. No, is he the greatest free throw shooter? No, he's averaging 57% from the stripe. And uh, he is considered our kind of four or five, like our one of our big men and everything. So you can only ask so much from uh, him in terms of free throw shooting. Because, I mean, Usman's shooting just under 53%. What's Aaron Scott? Aaron Scott – Grant, he doesn't shoot as many free throws. He's shooting 68. Um, I just – Bell is – Bell to me is one of the – not only just from a you know, effort point, he's just one of the leaders. Like I just – from watching him play in the games that I've gone and seen, the team really seems to rally around him in terms of like mm-hmm. you know keeping the momentum and everything. Like when they don't necessarily have a great couple possessions, he'll be the one that kind of brings the guys together. Um, kind of you know like, hey, let's lock in here. Let's, let's regroup and everything. And uh, especially, too, like, I know Tyler can go offensive pick and roll or just create for himself. There will be times, too, if, if Bell's feeling it, they'll drop a Tim on a low post and clear everyone out and just kind of let him go to work if the matchup uh, favors itself. It's just sometimes that because he's not – he is a big dude, but he's not the biggest dude out there. Sometimes if he's going up against a guy that can really, like, overpower him in terms of just sheer size, he's not always going to have the greatest game. And that's what I kind of feel like he um, – had to deal with against UAB. 
Yeah, me. those UAB guys were pretty big. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, outside of out, – sorry, Anthony. No, um, I was just saying I think that they're going to meet them in the tournament, obviously, for the CUSA tournament. Um, I think oh, yeah, that, this won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like this is going to be their biggest challenge, um, I think. Uh, LA Tech, uh, La Tech, excuse me. Uh, yes, they're a great school. I think they're going to do fine um, going up against UNT. I think UNT is going to win that game. But I just think that uh, La Tech, I mean, not La Tech. I mean, I think UAB, when they meet them in the championship, maybe the championship, maybe just in the, tur- in the tournament, I think that's just going to be their biggest um, challenge. Because UAB is not going to come out like slow or come out like, oh, this is this is something new. So. No, nah, and and we and we held their their highest score to a very fair low amount of points. Uh, Jordan Jelly Walker, that's what they call him. So I mean, it definitely won't be the last time that we see of UAB. Um, but say worse comes to worse, and UNT goes into the to the into the conference, you know, tournament, and they lay an egg. Well, boys. Is there still a chance that we get it? I mean, let's talk about it. It's not huge. It's nothing big. But we did have two AP votes in the last week. Um, I know a lot of people will sit there and laugh at that. You know, two AP votes. Okay. Ooh, big deal. But I think with if if North Texas can win out, then I don't see any reason that they don't automatically get a bid into the tournament. What are y'all thoughts on that? It depends. It depends. It's 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 all situational. I I, I think we I, mean, I talked about this yesterday on Sports Zone. It's all situational. You know, I think that that UNT has to win the tournament in order to get into the um, into the dance. Um, you know, it, it just all depends. Yes, they've won all their game, most of their games. You know, they're on a great win streak right now. But it just all depends. It, it all depends on if they're able to win this tournament. Um, and if they don't, I don't think they're getting in. Honestly. Um, just because it's CUSA. So you don't think even if they went out? It depends. It, it, it just depends because because people don't look at CUSA like that. It is very situational. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, um, Kevin, do I think it's possible? Sure. Do I think it's likely? I, I don't. Um, just from the simple fact that, like, like you were saying, Anthony, it is Conference USA and everything. But, I mean, think about – I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that we've won 18 of our last 19 games. We're on a 12-game winning streak. UAB had been ranked higher than us in the uh, coaches' poll and everything consistently the mid, for this long rank, time yeah. and everything. Um, and that's why preseason rankings are so important, uh, not only in college basketball, but like every college sport that does a ranking system and everything. Because when we get down to the later part of the season, you got to sit there and be like, you know, if we've had to overcome so much – it's less likely that you're going to get that at-large bid because of what they thought of you because of the beginning of the season. You know, could UNT do it? Where to the point where, like, let's say they win out the regular season, they get bounced semifinals or something. Could it possible? Yeah, I wouldn't feel good about it as a UNT fan about our chances getting in. Um, if we go undefeated, let's say, and we lose in the first round, like we just lay an egg and we lose first round of the tournament, I could easily sit there and even though we won you know however many games in a row how many out of 20 some odd games you know with one loss only in the last bit of stretch I could easily see them saying well you know come tournament time they didn't show up and therefore we can't let them in 
And it would be a real shame because I do think this team belongs in the tournament. We all agree about that. Um, yeah. But it's it's I'd feel a lot better if we just go and win the tournament. I'd rather leave it oh, yeah. a chance. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I definitely agree with that. Well, we're going to keep it on college basketball. But I'm not going to hit anybody. I'm not going to hit anybody. Okay. I don't want to grab anyone. Or yeah, grab or grab anybody. anybody. Just yeah, only shank, so. only handshakes on this side. Let's talk about it, guys. Uh, how do y'all feel about it? He so if for those who don't know, uh, Juwan Howard, the Michigan assistant head coach. No head coach. Um, was he okay? So I knew there was an assistant head coach and the head coach. I just couldn't remember. It was okay. the assistant coach for Wisconsin that, and then the head coach. Okay, so Juwan Howard, mm-hmm. the head coach of Michigan basketball, uh, is being suspended for five. Five games, which is the rest of their regular season, for basically slapping the assistant head coach. Um, uh, and was it a slap? Like, was it a slap? I, well, it wasn't. I mean, his it hand wasn't made contact punch. with his face, Anthony. It uh, wasn't a punch. Face, like, <laughs> I don't know what else you call that. Okay. I heard okay. someone call it a, a smosh. A sp- I don't know smosh. what that means. I don't know what that means. So okay. I just say slap. Keep it general. Um, anyway, but they were doing a handshake line like everybody do- does in college sports, and things got frisky, and uh, yeah. What are y'all thoughts? Anthony, you want to le- Anthony, do you want to leave this one, or you want me to go in? Go ahead, C-Money. Go ahead, bro. Let's hear it. This was 110% unexcusable by Jawan Howard. This was – I don't care – what the reason was i think after the game they said like he thought like he touched him in his chest and that that kind of started the whole thing like you don't put it you know your hand on your chest you start the physical thing i watched the replay it just looked like he was extending his hand out there honestly and it looked like Jawan. there was some stuff that went on during the game about like a timeout that didn't necessarily look like uh you know Jawan was happy with and everything you're the head coach you are arguably the most expensive – again, I don't know Michigan's payroll and everything. You're arguably the most paid man on campus. You are the head coach coaching college students. You're looked at as the adult in the room. You cannot lose your cool like that. You can absolutely not lose you know, your head in that situation in front of students, in front of parents, in front of you know everybody sitting there watching on a national TV audience. You explode like that. It's – it's unprofessional. It's uncalled for. It was completely out of line. He obviously apologized for it afterwards and everything because he knew he was in the wrong in that situation. There's just so many things wrong with it uh, in terms of Jawan Howard's side um, that he just lost his cool in. And it seemed very uncharacteristic. He seemed like a really great leader when he was hired by Michigan. He's obviously had some pretty good success there um, coaching the Wolverines. You just you can't do that, man. I don't care what the man says. If you want to have a sit there and have a talk and have an argument, that's fine. The second that you put your hand on another human being, and you're the and again, you're the one initiating it, because again, he sat there and said, Oh, he touched me first. I don't believe so. I don't believe he did. Just from the view, you can watch the video and do with it what you will. You instantly everything that you could have been potentially mad about, you are now in the wrong for. And Jawan lost his cool in this one. He obviously saw afterwards that he was in the wrong in doing so and rightfully apologized. I am 100% okay with suspension of the rest of the regular season. 
I think it's a good amount. Personally, I wouldn't mind if it was longer, honestly, because you cannot have this behavior tolerated in college basketball um, going forward. And the NCAA, rightfully so, made a swift and nice punishment for the rest of the regular season. Uh, I'm 100% okay with it, honestly. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Technical uh, I think issues. Anthony, yeah, I think Anthony might have some technical issues. Kevin, why don't you kind of take it over from here? So, um, I definitely agree with you. I think I think it's definitely um, it's definitely unexcusable. Um, you can't be having this, especially like I said, you're the leader of a team. Like, it's just I mean, we don't expect it from players, so we sure as hell don't expect it from head coaches. Um, so. Like you said, it's completely unexcusable. I, I do agree. I think that being suspended for the regular season, um, pretty, pretty easy move. Like you said, pretty swift move. Just you know, since suspended for the regular season. Um, I don't know about. I don't. I don't know about maybe into the tournament. Um, I think that begins to have an effect on the players. And, I mean, overall, it's really not the players' fault. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think suspending him for the regular season is good. Uh, but you can't have this in, in sports, especially not when you're the head coach. It's just not okay. Anthony, are we good now? Yeah, 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 we're good. Um, awesome. Honestly, honestly, with it all, uh, you know, you you guys are right. Um, but I think just from watching the tape, watching the video, it was just like I thought that the that, that Wisconsin's head coach touched him first. Um, because at first he grabs him and he's like, okay, because 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 it was about the timeout, and um, you know, we knew we knew that it was about the timeout for for all of us who who watched the game and for anyone who didn't watch the game it was more likely about the timeout you can go ask Juwan Howard if it was about the timeout it was pre- probably say it was about the timeout but anyway um to that point um I think just that like when you grabs his arm it's like what are you doing grabbing his arm you're supposed to shake his hand you don't need to grab his arm so obviously he may have been a little upset but when you grab his arm it's like okay whoa whoa man like hey watch it bro like and you know Juwan Howard like he played in Michigan. He played with a Fab Five. You know, I'm not saying he from, you know, where, but like he, he a brother. <laughs> you don't just grab a brother's arm like that. You know, something could happen. You know, because like it's just, I don't know. It's I I I think that they did a good job at suspending Juwan Howard. Um, but I think just looking at the tape, it's like the Wisconsin coach grabbed him first, and then it started some other things that that Juwan Howard was not happy about. And that's why he got in his face. So I don't blame Juwan Howard for it. I think that the Wisconsin coach started it first. Um, and I just think that either they got – I think they got it wrong. I think they blame – I think they need to put the blame on the Wisconsin head coach. But that's just me. So you don't think that they both should get blamed? Well, okay. I think they both should get blamed, yes. But I, I think that if they're both getting blamed – I understand spending Juwan Howard for the for, for the rest of the season, first the rest of the regular season, but that doesn't mean that the Wisconsin head coach does not need to be suspended for a good amount of time as well. 
Okay, uh, that's fair just, enough. Just for reference, too, I don't mean to cut you off, Kevin. Um, the good. assistant head coach, Joe Krabenhoff, I think that's how you pronounce his name, was fined $40,000 uh, for his role in the incident. Um, and I think there was a $10,000 fine for, excuse me, uh, the, the head coach, Greg Ward, uh, for violating the uh, sportsmanship policy. Um, I guess because he's like the overseer of everything, so he's on his staff. So I guess that's why he got his fine. Uh, I again, Anthony, uh, maybe me and you watched the same video. To me, it looked like he was just reaching out, uh, his hand for an extension. Maybe he did grab him. If so, obviously, neither one of them are in the wrong. And if he did, you know, potentially start, he should also suffer the consequences. But overall, none of these coaches are right. You got to set a better example for players and uh, set a good lead example going forward. So yeah. I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. Let's take it. Uh, let's let's take it over to baseball. Um, we have been having some talks lately. Uh, I mean, they're longer than fifteen minutes. They're not as long as our podcasts, but they're longer than fifteen minutes. So you take what you can get, I guess. Right. I mean, my um, thing is, are they are they getting to a solution or no? Okay, That's so the real I'll question. get. I'll, I'll get to that. I have Jeff, trusted man, Jeff, uh, Jeff Passan. I have his tweet right here. Uh, five days. I'm just going to read it straight up. Five days before the deadline, MLB says we'll postpone regular season games. Here's the gap between the sides in their latest proposal. The CBT, which is the collective bargaining. Uh, no, talks. no, no, no. It's the collective. Um, it's like the collective balanced or the competitive balance tax i think competitive balance tax you're right yes yeah competitive balance tax that's a 31 million dollar difference the pre-arbitration bonus pool is a 95 million dollar difference the minimum salary is a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars per player difference and the draft lottery is three picks difference um the mlb aka rob manfred came out and said that uh, the MLB and if the if the if a new CBA is not agreed upon by Monday, which is February twenty eighth, the date that they set in place, if the a new CBA is not agreed on by then, then they will start to cancel regular season games, and um, things are going to start getting pretty pretty uh pretty crappy. Um, It, it was quoted by Manfred saying a deadline is a deadline. So, Colin, I know there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I mean, it don't look like we're going to be getting baseball, to be honest. Uh, it's I'm putting positive energy out here. It's 2022. You know, I'm hoping for good things to happen. So, you know, uh, I'm going to sit here and, you know, wish well. Uh to the MLB and their talks and everything, it, we're, we're just going to be hopeful, okay? But it, admittedly, it's not looking good. I wanted to touch light, in fact, because you mentioned, uh, is it Passan or Jeff Passan, um, the MLB beat writer, for however you pronounce his name. He had a thread that he posted two hours ago that I'm not sure if you guys looked at or not. But basically, that competitive balance tax that you mentioned earlier, Kevin, that apparently is like the biggest move and potentially uh, having this thing pretty much resolved. Um, talking about the note side really has made uh, significant changes on it. It's, quote, um, 
they're each one each side is waiting for the other one to make a big move in terms of that deal because that's like going to be like the domino effect like that will be the first thing that makes it fall um it's the differences of threshold obviously uh year to year um the gap is significant on that you already went over the numbers so i'm not going to bore you with that again but basan was quoted in this thread quote though it's not surprising mlb doesn't want to pay players more end quote um in terms of all that stuff and i mean obviously that's kind of like draining it down to its nucleus right like draining it down to its absolute uh bare bones and everything but that cbt is something definitely to keep an eye on to see if that number changes at all because that could definitely showcase uh changes in the contract negotiations you know if we wake up tomorrow and that number is you know closer than what we reported as it today uh that could mean the talks are going well but as a per passant's report um that's going to be the major uh domino that could fall that could speed up contract negotiations for the mlb and the mlbpa yeah i i completely agree with you colin i definitely think it's something to uh look out for um that thread was interesting because as you as you read it you're just like oh wow this is we are far away from playing baseball. Definitely something that if you have Twitter, please go check it out at Jeff Passan. Yes. We give him so many shout outs. We really do. He is the guy in baseball, though. He is the yeah, guy. he is. I, for sure. I really don't think that we're going to have a baseball season. I mean, obviously, it's going to get delayed, but I just don't think that it's it's going to happen. I, I, just, I just don't see it happening. I mean, maybe. Which like, sucks. Which sucks. I mean, maybe like I literally maybe like thirteen games may get delayed, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, and and I kind of want y'all's opinion on this before we switch topics real quick. But I have a theory. Okay, I have a theory, and I want y'all's I want y'all's opinion on it. I don't think that we'll have baseball this year because the MLB doesn't want to have baseball this year. Why? I think by them coming up with a deadline date and sticking to it, uh, how much they are. I mean, we know we we know Rob Manfred. We know he's not a man of his words by any means. So to say that a deadline is a deadline, I think that they came up with a deadline so that way they could just get through and cancel the season earlier than they want to i don't know why i don't know why i don't have that answer why i don't know because the owners aren't going to be making any money no nobody wins if baseball gets canceled the yeah, mlbpa right. doesn't win the owners don't win mlb as a sport doesn't win because we're already on a decline as far as traditional baseball watchers we're already on a decline so why i don't know but Everything that has happened makes me think that they were they had pre-decided that this season was going to be delayed. And for some reason, they want that to happen because the players aren't affected by it. MLB obviously isn't affected by it. I mean, I said it probably when the MLB and the MLBPA first had their, their first you can call it a discussion um, after the after the lockout was settled. It's like a parent and their child having a conversation. It's like, 
the child says, this is what I'm struggling with and this is what I need your help with. And then the parent's like, no, that's not going to happen. And then they get nowhere and then eventually they live apart. That is what's happening here. I want y'all's yeah, thoughts on this theory. I know it's a little outlandish. Go? It's kind of outlandish. I get it. I mean, it's a lot. It's it, it's it's a lot. And I mean, I think that with everybody wanting to play with their best friend nowadays and, and all the contracts and, you know, um, if you're dragging it out this long, I mean, hey, you know, it's only a matter of time that the fat lady sang and then it's going to all crash down. But sooner or later, the fat lady going to sing and they're either going to have a season or they're not going to have a season. And I just don't think that is going to happen because I like, like, like you said, it's 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 becoming the old news of America's new pastime. While America's new pastime is now football and, um, you know, America's old pastime is now baseball. And, not, and like you said, Kevin, you're not a lot. Not a lot of people watch it. No, not a lot of revenue comes through baseball. Um, I think just with a couple games, maybe the World Series, yes, but it just all depends. Um, but I think that that if they don't have a season, there will be some players upset. There will be a lot of things that will happen. But will it be a big dent? I don't know because this has happened before. You know, this has happened back in the day. You know, they had a lockout for, uh, for a season, and, you know, it's nothing new. I think it's just another run of the mill for for them for the MOB, and they just got to get their stuff together. Go ahead, see. Okay, I got major disagreements here because y'all are <laughs> just just to be clear, y'all are both saying you don't expect there to be a single game played this year in the MLB season. I think that eventually, I think we will have a baseball season, but I feel like they want to delay the season for some reason. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna try – and, Anthony, you don't think there's going to be a season at all? I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're, they're going to have a season. And kind of like Kevin said, it's, it's going to be delayed because okay, they're either going to have a season or they're not going to have a season, period. Because at the end of the day, so you, at, at one point, the fat lady going to sing, and they're either going to have one or they're not. It's either going to be delayed or not. That's it. So you're saying if it gets delayed, then we won't have a season? Yes. And so, like, Kevin, you're we, saying that there could be still a season even if it's delayed. I'm saying that we could still have a season even if, if it's delayed, but I think the MLB purposely wants a delayed season. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm just going to step in here because um, I, I wanted to make sure. Because you, you – because you, you, I was just making sure that I read up on the actual labor agreement, right? And so what basically Major League Baseball said – is that if they don't reach a date by February 28th, which is, I think, this Monday, I think it's happening, or yes, so February 28th, that there will not be a 162-game season. So it doesn't mean this, the season's canceled. It just means that there will not be a full season if they just cannot reach an agreement by this date. Okay, so then it just becomes how many games are being played. So I do think the MLB and the MLBPA will figure it out. The question is when. First off, I just wanted to make sure that that was very clear because from what I was hearing, y'all were saying that we may not have a season at all if talks going to get done on Monday, and I maybe I misheard that. But um, in terms of everything else, in terms of like why the MLB is putting on a date um, to do this, they're trying to get it done. They don't want to lose any games. They are trying to make sure they're trying to strong arm the MLB players' union because they thought that the union wouldn't be as dug in as they are. And they should be, by the way, because the MLB 
players, especially in the minor leagues, which is what, who they're kind of really fighting for, they've been mistreated for the longest time now in terms of like just their, their guarantees, their contracts, having to pay for certain stuff, all this, right? And so the union's sticking in like, we're tired of this treatment. We need a change. And the MLB didn't think that they would be as dug in as they are. So to counteract that, they're like, hey, get this done by Monday or else we're not having a full season in order to kind of push or pressure them into maybe taking in a deal that's not as great as, you know, uh, they could get potentially in these negotiations. The MLB doesn't want to lose games either. No one really wants to lose games because, like you said, the MLB is not the biggest sport in terms of American, you know, uh, revenue generated in terms of all the other sports. I think, you know, NFL is higher, NBA is higher, stuff like that. The MLB, you know, during their strikeout in the 94-95 season, it was, a, it was a big blow to them. They do not want that to happen again by any means, any means. They do not want that to happen again. They are simply trying to strong arm the Players Association into making this deal so that they can sit there, have their season, and not have to have such a blow um, that the MLBPA is asking for. Because we've gone through the numbers. In this, especially a lot of categories, they, <laughs> they are miles apart in certain numbers. And they are just trying to ramp it up. They're trying to get it down to where the MLBPA caves in. Because, again, these guys – that are in those lower levels, like they need to play every game so that they can continue their dream, continue their passion, and like all this other stuff. They don't want to sit out games, obviously, but the MLBPA, I credit their, you know, they're fighting this, that they're not backing down. They haven't even hardly done any CBT talks, which is according to Passan, the main reason why talks have not progressed the way that they have. And <laughs> the PA is doing everything that they can to try to progress these talks. And the MLB is just sitting there like the spoil. You mentioned like the, the parent and the kid and everything. I look at it as like spoiled big brother versus other, other little brother. Like the little brother's like, no, I deserve just as much as you get. We're on, you know, should be legal, legal terms here. You know, I, I get it. Like you were first and everything and you were kind of the bigger person and everything, but I, I have rights too, you know, as the, as the little brother. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm applauding the MLBPA because they're also major league baseball is trying to like make the PA look <laughs> Uh, kind of like the bad guys, like, oh, well, if you don't get it done, it's not on us. We set the deadline. No, you, you know exactly what you're trying to do, and the MLPA is not falling for it, and I applaud them for it, for what they're doing. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that I disagree with that. I think what the MLBPA is fantastic, fighting for the players' rights, mm -hmm. and especially the, the players, like you said, that have to play every single night to put food on their table. Yeah. The ones that aren't making – kids for their grandkids as grandkids money you know like right they're, they're fighting for those for those players who are just now coming into the league mm -hmm. and i mean you know passan talked to i mean he tweeted about it you know everyone wants to talk about a salary cap for baseball that is not going to happen and what bpa won't allow it to happen he said the the word salary cap is like saying voldemort in harry potter you just don't say it so I mean, I don't know what they're going to do about this. Yeah. Anthony, no, I mean, you want to – yeah. No, go ahead, Anthony. No. Um, I, mean, you, I mean, you guys hit the nail in the coffin with that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do um, with it. I think, like like you guys said, they will have a season. Um, it is going to be delayed. I think it's good, though, a little bit. Just just a little bit that it's delayed because, you know, 100 and 
what, Cullen, 62, you said? 162 games, yep. Yeah, 162 games, cutting it down a little bit. Okay, not that bad. I, I don't think so. We cut it down a little bit. You know, that could help. I mean, we kind of saw what you know, the NBA did. Obviously, it's 82-game season, what they did last year when they had to cut the season short. Um, yes, were there a lot of injuries? Yes. Um, for MLB, I think that it will give some players some more leeway when it comes to playoff time. Um but but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know what 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 the final say is going to be, but I think it could help in the long run if they do decide to have a season. And if they don't have a season, I just don't think it's gonna be such such a big dent on them. Like I I, I just don't think it is because I mean I love baseball and yes I know there's a lot of people who watch it, but you know like Kevin said you know it's it's been cut short because just the ratings aren't as high as they used to be. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's keep it on baseball. And uh, speaking of baseball um, being, you know, like you said, a lot of people want this season to be shorter and everything like that. Well, a lot of traditionalists don't like that as far as baseball goes. Well, this is another thing that traditionalists in baseball might not like. Vanderbilt baseball players, and if you know anything about college baseball, you know that Vanderbilt is the thing here, the Gonzaga of college baseball. (laughs) They are wearing these electronic wristbands on their wrist to get sign callings during the game. All nine players on the field, catcher, pitcher, everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting because this is the first year that the NCAA baseball is letting these is letting college teams use uh, basically electronic sign um, yeah usage. one way electronic communication devices yeah is, yeah that mind. yeah that's yep. what they're calling it uh, yep. I've seen catchers wear uh, earpieces to get signals from the uh, coaches. Um, and you know, the listeners at home, they can do their own research and look at the, uh, positive and negative reviews that this is getting. But, um, as a former catcher myself, uh, I I mean, it's weird, but when you think about it, you know, I mean, like someone said, you know, everyone's going to point out the Houston Astros, but baseball has been around forever. People have been trying to sign steel since the beginning of signs, um, I don't know if it really improves the game of baseball. I don't think it hurts the game of baseball. I don't think it ruins the integrity of baseball. You know, everybody's saying, are they hackable, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's only time will tell with all that. But I definitely think it's something that we can give a shot. Uh, if it works at the college level, definitely something we could do for the, the major league level. Um, but like I said, as a catcher myself, it would be, I mean, it's just weird not giving that sign. But as far as being more discreet with your signals, I think it's I think it's better. So, but the only question that I have is that response time between when the pitcher gets the signal and when the coach sign- sig- sends it. Because if it's like a thirty second wait and he's just staring at his wrist, like yeah, so like this, yeah. then it's gonna be it's gonna be boring. Which is true. So hold on, just before we get into this. So not only were you 
the star wide receiver basically along the same class as Cooper Cub. You were a catcher. Good job, Cullen. Good job, Cullen. You were a catcher too. That I mean, we're basically talking to like the combination of Cooper Cup and Yadier Molina on the podcast right now. I was a I was a catcher's and second baseman. Second. Oh my god, man, does everything. Sure enough, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't told us that you were like the. You know, Jeff Hornacek of basketball or something like that. Like you're some crazy mm-hmm. basketball player back in the day. Nope. Oh, tried out for goodness. tried out for middle school basketball, didn't make it. Uh, thought about um, trying out. Thought about trying out in high school, but I was like, you know what? I'm already living the Michael Jordan life. Uh, to say that they'll just I mean, they'll just reject me again. I mean, I mean listen, technically, football and baseball. Technically, it's the Deion Sanders life, but you know. there we go. Yeah, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson. There we go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, Kevin Walker. Same athlete, basically. Yep. Um, getting back to this. Anyway, anyway. I'm a fan of this. Uh, like you said, Kevin, I know that there is a potential, obviously, with electronics and everything. And uh, obviously, it's wireless, obviously, because it's on your wrist and everything. Could there be potential for some hacking and everything? Sure. And everything. Um, as, as you mentioned, uh, back in August is when they approved this because before this, this was this has been approached before. This isn't like the first like new idea of everything, but this was the first time that the Southeastern Conference approved of a rule like this, which is why Vanderbilt is using it and everything. Um, just throwing it out there, uh, definitely could have helped. What was it? The Dodgers against the Astros back in the World Series back in the day. Uh, maybe could have helped them out and uh, during that trash can whole thing. But um, no, listen, I'm. I'm a fan for this uh, in terms of just, you know, sitting there having more discrepancy, making it harder for the the batter to read, you know, maybe hear something, maybe, ca- you know, catch his eye down and look at the catcher when he's making signals and everything. Uh, I'm all for this. I'm really interested to see how it will work out. Only time will tell, obviously, during the season. Um, as you mentioned, Vanderbilt's a very proven baseball program, so they don't need any other crazy advantages to show how good they are. Um, I don't even really think it gives like a necessarily like competitive advantage. I just think it's another way that we, uh, we can do things and it's kind of like tailor mating it to the future. Um, what are your guys' thoughts though? Anthony. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, like you said, Colin, I mean, they are a very experienced team. Um, I don't think that, I mean, is it needed? I guess. I mean, Vanderbilt's a very good baseball team. You know, they've they they they've, excuse me. They, they have plenty of experience um, from the playoffs and the, uh, during the World Series. Um, well, during the playoffs, not the World Series, but in the playoffs um, mm-hmm. at the collegiate level for baseball. And uh, I mean, is it great? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I I think it just could be just another opportunity for like a Houston Astros, um, you know, cheat gate. Um, because uh, so you think it, it, it could turn into that? Somebody. Yeah, it could. It could because because they're because lo- they're using um, electronics to you know to send signs, and if you're using it for another thing, like let's just say using us to go like this or that or you know all those other hand signs that are illegal, mm-hmm. um, it could really hinder the game. And I think using it, if if it were to be used in the MLB, um, it could it could hinder that as well. So I just don't like it, honestly. I think it's another way to cheat in my mind. I think we should hear, I think we should see it through and see how it goes, in my personal opinion. I think it could be interesting. Um, only time will tell. I mean, I don't, like you said, Anthony says it could deter or hinder. 
athletes. Um, I think you can only help. Only time will tell. So, yeah. Well, let's take it over. Uh, we have some upsetting news that we uh, want to discuss. Um, if you've been keeping up with baseball recently, um, Tyler Skaggs' court case um, has been going on. Uh, Colin, I believe you have more for this one. Yeah, so Tyler Skaggs, uh, former pitcher of the Los Angeles Angels, um, passed away in 2019 of a drug-related uh, death. Um, the drug was ended up found out to be uh, fentanyl, a uh, common drug that's been known to lace into like some other drugs and everything. Uh, it is confirmed that Los Angeles uh, Communications Director Eric Kay um, did distribute the fentanyl. He is charged with two felony um, charges in the in the death of Skaggs and everything. But there are also there are also there also is excuse me other players who testified in the uh, in the case: uh, C.J. Crone, Mike Morin, Cam Bedrosen, Blake Parker, and probably the biggest high-profile name, uh, Matt Harvey, uh, could be suspended 60 days uh, for saying he provided opioids to Tyler Skaggs on several occasions, which was found out in the court case and everything. Um, it's a truly a sad situation all the way around. There's no denying it. Um, guys, got any thoughts for it? Why? Just why? Why would you provide someone with opioids and, and, and just drugs? I mean, like, like give them a break. Like, like don't, don't do that. Don't be dumb. I'm just saying, like, like, it's like you're offering someone a chance to just to die, and it's like, don't, don't do that, don't do that. And I'm not saying it's bad on his part for taking it, you know. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying that, but it's just like, what's the win out of the situation, you know, of of offering someone that type of drug? You know, it's like, it's like you were trying to get something, get a reaction. I put that in quotes and I say that lightly, get a reaction out of someone um, just to see what would happen. You know, like, Hey, here, it's like giving a, a, it's like a stranger giving a child some candy. It's like, Hey, here, try this. They have no idea what it is. It's like, what are you doing? God rest his soul. Um, Cause it is, it is a sad story and um, prayers go to the family and friends um, of him. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that that is very important information in that court case, for sure. Just knowing that he offered him opioids, um, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Go ahead, Kay. Um, I know that a lot of players have said that they've known about it. Um, and a lot, of play, a lot of players have said that they um, either had seen him use it in the clubhouse um, or anything like that. And I think, uh, obviously, like Anthony said, you know, uh, rest in peace. Uh, you know, this is horrible. But at the same time, there needs to be action taken to make sure that this doesn't happen ever again, even if it's nothing as serious as just, you know, marijuana being distributed through clubhouses. You know, I mean, this is opioids for crying out loud. Uh, this needs to be figured out so that way it never happens again. Everybody who is at fault needs to be at fault. 
Um, and whoever tried to help needs to be needs to be noted because um, you know a, a drug, any drug like that is is very harmful and can be very addictive, and um, it's just it's so sad to hear. Well said, Kevin. Um, yeah, it's it's truly a sad situation. Um, you know, rest in peace to his uh, to him. Obviously, uh, best of wishes to his family. Hopefully, the grieving process once this court case kind of goes through, um, they'll be able to kind of put to bed any unresolved feelings that they have. Uh, I. I, you know, I, I personally hope that whoever, obviously, you know, Kay, uh, the communications director, you know, if convicted, um, serves, serves his time because I mean, it's, it, he was at, at fault for giving him the, you know, the fentanyl and everything. And, uh, yeah. apparently introduced him to oxycodone as well. Um, you know, any players and everything, uh, if Matt Harvey, you know, did provide opioids, he should suffer not only suspension, but potential drug charges as well. Um, it's, it's just truly a sad situation all the way around. Anthony, I know you yeah. have something to say, but. Yeah, because I'm making a face. And, you know, when <laughs> I make a face, I always got something to say. And my thing is this, um, kind of going off what Kevin said, you know, if you see someone doing something in a wrong just stand there and not talk about it mm-hmm. like talk to someone like literally if you see someone doing the wrong don't be afraid to speak up and mm-hmm. that, that that's my problem is that why didn't anybody just speak up why didn't anybody tell him like hey like what are you doing or ask about it like 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 you're in Maybe. a locker room you're you're you're, you're with other players you know mm-hmm. don't be afraid like like you all are millionaires i'm just saying but it's like Someone has to be able to speak up whenever they see something wrong, whether it's an incident from the from from a from a cheat skate or, or or someone is doing like doing opioids or anything like that. Like if no one speaks up about it, if no one asks you how you're doing, then they're just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again. And mm-hmm. sooner or later someone's gonna break. I I agree with you, Anthony, but also at the same time, isn't the communications director one of the people that players would typically go to about stuff like that see i understand that but take take the communications director out of it my thing is we're talking player on player like we're talking about just straight players and i mean at the end of the day they're all men they're all grown men and you know if i see if i see one of you guys going through something i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be afraid to speak up and be like hey like i see there's something wrong like what's up like come on like talk to me like I know there's something wrong and I think it's just a, it's a, it's putting your pride aside of like, Oh, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm straight. It's like, okay. If you see, if you see your brother on the side struggling or you see they're looking different from time to time and you see them actually doing it over and over again. Okay. Someone's gotta be man enough or even woman enough to speak up about it and talk about it. Like what is wrong? Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I mean, maybe again, maybe someone did reach out, but um, again, it, it may have been one of those situations where he did it anyway, regardless, because um, yeah. we don't know what he was going through when he was making yeah. the decisions. Um, 
But the important thing is, you know, obviously respect to the Skaggs family. Um, sorry for the loss. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to move forward soon. Yeah, of course. Um, well, before we head out uh, for the hour one um, portion, let's uh, let's talk about the NBA a little bit. Um, is Ion Williamson a bad teammate? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's not okay. looking good for him. Before before we before we go into before we go into that, I just want to talk about something that I think Zion Williamson should have been in, and I just want to talk about this All Star Game thing because I've been waiting to get this off my chest just for a quick minute. The All Star okay. Game, real quick, real quick. All Star Game was amazing. All Star Game was great, wonderful. Slam dunk contest was trash. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it was terrible. Worst slam dunk contest of ever. my life that I ever ever seen, ever. Oh my I think goodness. I think 2016 ruined us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was so good that literally it, it was just what? I mean, yeah. look that yeah. that performance. I mean, we both love Jalen Green, Anthony, before going into that contest or whatever. I mean, like, like Stephen A. said, I could have missed that many dunks. The way he did on Saturday <laughs> and everything, like I'm, I'm, I'm five eight on a good day, and I could have missed that many dunks that he did at the rim on a ten foot rim. Um, no, yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it was embarrassing. I mean, you got Cole Anthony, you know, putting on the Timberlands and everything, you know, trying to get hyped and everything, like for some show. I'm like, man, I just really, I, really, some Tims. I, I dude, that that was the and he didn't even was, have them on to begin yeah. with. He had to yeah. put them no. on. Yeah, I mean, right. it was just – it was a snooze fest. I would have rather watched – you pick it, worst movie ever made on repeat. Yeah, you got uh, – It was just – it was bad. Listen, so you look, got – you got – hold on. You go, Anthony. You go. No, no, but, but look, look, me – I was at Campus House, and we were watching the Slam Dunk Contest, and it was – it was so bad. It was, it was bad. It was, it was – it was bad. So you've got whole because I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to recap All Star Weekend just really quickly just in general. Yeah, you got the yeah. you got the skills challenge, which honestly, Kevin, you should have gotten right because the rookies should have won somehow. Team Cleveland won, which I don't know how they won. You know, dude, they just dude. went off. Two words, right. two words, two words. Evan Mobley, right? Period. He, hey, listen, Mobley, you, the mobile machine. He he's been That's phenomenal, right? right? Three-point contest, you got Carl Anthony Towns winning it and calling him the best shooting big man ever when Dirk Nowitzki's still living and breathing. I don't know how that's happening. You got today, obviously the dunk. Today, today, okay, no. today. You've got no. you've got the dunk contest. Obviously, we just went over that. And then you got the All-Star game, which don't be wrong. Wasn't much like, to go over. Yeah, I mean, it's doing great for charity and everything, but, like, that, that was the – ironically, for how much we, you know, kind of downplayed how kind of las- lackadaisical the All-Star game could be, it was the best event in the show by far. Steph, Stephen Curry was honestly, he was on. Yeah, he was oh, phenomenal. Man. I mean, greatest shooter in NBA history. Let's, I mean, <laughs> what more do we got to say? Yeah. But the only reason, the only I'll reason on I bring that. up Zion, the only reason I bring up Zion is this, is that is, is because the slam dunk contest needs superstars. Like, I would love to see Zion go against LeBron, go against John Morant, go against, um, I don't know Anthony Edwards. Uh, to, to Anthony Edwards in a slam dunk contest. That that that'd be amazing. I would love mm-hmm. to see that. 
know, back then you had Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, Vince Carter. You had Kobe Bryant. Dominique I mean, Wilkins. Was, like, yeah, all these like, guys. Yeah. Come on now. Like, like now it's, it's like. Webb, yeah. Nowadays, like, who are these folks? Like, like I think Cole Anthony's a, he, he's an in-game dunker. So is Jalen Green. Jalen Green should have won that. Not anymore. Um, Cole Anthony said he's yeah. never going to dunk again. Dude, it was it was bad. Man. It was Look, bad, I, honestly. It was really bad. I mean, Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, no one was hyped for you going into it. No one's hyped for you coming out of it. Why are you even there? I mean, congrats right. to Obi Toppin for winning it. I mean, the New York Knicks. Fans I honestly forgot who won. It. Yeah, I honestly it was, forgot who won. Yeah, Obi yeah. Toppin. It's the one thing Knicks fans are actually gonna have, you know, in their trophy case of the last yeah. however long is it slam dunk contest? Decades. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Literally, I just yeah. <laughs> a slam dunk yeah. contest I could have competed with on my mini hoop in my living room. <laughs> like I said, to be honest, we all three of us could have missed as many dunks as they did on Saturday. All it three was bad. Could. It was real bad. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about Zion Williamson just for a little bit. Uh, basically, JJ Reddick came on ESPN and said that while he was in uh, New Orleans, that he never one talked to Zion, and that Zion was actually um not even with the team whatsoever and he hasn't been for a while as you may know zion williamson has basically been a piece of glass since he came into the league um and uh cj mccollum he recently arrived in new orleans and he said he had not had any communication with zion williamson and then he said shortly after that uh that press that Zion did reach out to him. Uh, but as Cullen noted before the podcast started, Zion Williamson is actually in Portland working out. So he was uh, it within driving or walking distance of CJ before that he even got traded in New Orleans. See, that could that's, that's a conversation started right there. Hey man, yeah. I'm actually where you just came from. How's it going? Yeah, it's just like it's insane. It like JJ said, it's the the most basic it's a bare minimum that you right the bare minimum you can do as a teammate hey kevin welcome to fools on stools you know my name's cullen really excited to have you on can't wait to uh work with you takes two i could have texted i could called you facetime whatever you wanted how, whatever your preferred method of communication is the least zion could do and in reports saying that he's just a detached as a teammate um you said he's made a glass kevin i'm gonna take it a step further so far in his nba career He's a bust, plain and simple. Wow. Just from the simple fact of him not being able to play games, the fact that, hey, when he's went in there, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's been a force and everything, but he just – the best ability is availability. And what Zion known for his entire career so far? Being hurt, you know, eating a little too much of that great New Orleans food, putting on a little weight hey, more baby. than he should have. Hey, hey baby. You hey, can't man. hit on that new Orleans, baby. Come on, I, now. I got family out there. Hey, baby, there's some good food. There's listen, good and it, it's probably yeah, but do you food. got but do you got family that plays NBA basketball that's probably fifty pounds overweight? Hey, baby, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Zion Williamson does not look like he did at Duke. No, not at all. He's at and least like three hundred something pounds, and he's just. He's just—he's not the same player. I mean, I've heard people say that he needs to go find LeBron James's trainer and uh, work out with them and get uh, 
get on a diet because that's what he needs. He needs to be on a diet. He's 300 pounds. And who knows? This could be another like Joel Embiid situation where, you know, he's injured for two seasons and he comes out balling. You know, who knows? We, we don't know that. But, you know, this is turning into a Kevin Durant, Lamar Odom situation with John Morant and Zion Williamson, where John Morant should have been the first pick in the draft because John Morant is killing I mean, it. But yeah. but then but, again, but, then again, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, I am so glad that John Moran did not go to the Pelicans. The Pelicans is a really bad organization, and the Grizzlies are really turning it around. I won't say they're a really bad organization. I would say there are other organizations that are worse. Uh, for yeah. example, the Kings. And no, yeah, for sure. The Pistons. But I, because right now, Brandon Ingram is just carrying that load right now. Um, the Orlando they, Magic are not great either. Just to add to no, they're not. <laughs> that, that, that too, that too. Um, but I think that, you know, with Zion, I think, I think, you know, from the time he has played, he's dropped at least 20 and 10. So it's not like he's not doing anything. He, he, he at least averages like 20 points a game. I mean, he's, yeah, but he's, yeah, go ahead. sorry. I, I don't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Kind of like Cullen said, I'm going to piggyback off this. The best ability is availability. I, I, I'm going to further that. You're only as good as your last game. And somebody tell me the last time that Zion Williamson played an NBA uh, basketball game. I couldn't tell you. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. I, I don't think I would say he's a bust yet. I would at least like to see him come back from – I don't even know what the injury status is. But I would like to see from him Portland. at least come back. and. I mean, has he lived up to be the number one overall pick in your No, opinion? absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean – it's it's just as and not only that, but he caught he caused a lot of he caused a lot of issues coming out of the NBA with the scandal from Duke being potential or uh, you know being possibly paid under the table and just a whole bunch of things and that was a whole thing like I don't know man Zion Williamson is just I didn't think that he was all that coming out of college I know everybody else did he was like everybody was like oh this is the next fill in the blank but. I kind of saw him as a one-way scorer, to be honest. But well, now he's he can't now he's not even a one-way scorer. So whatever. Um, but to wrap up the NBA, Chris Paul's injured, but I still think Phoenix can continue their dominance. I mean, I, I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Phoenix is just dominating, and um, I, Anthony, I'm directing this question specifically at you. LeBron came out and said, this isn't a source said this or source said this or unverified account said this on Twitter. LeBron himself came out and said that his last season in the NBA is going to be with his son, Brian. This means for the first time in NBA history that we're going to be put into a situation where a team is going to draft a player and get an experienced veteran with that pick. I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's LeBron James, so it's going to happen. How do you feel about this? So I saw this thing on Twitter, right? And it was like saying LeBron James and Steph Curry have always won whenever they're on the same team, right? So imagine this. Bronny James gets drafted to the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Right, 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 right. He gets drafted to Golden State. 
and then LeBron James goes to Golden State. No. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. No. That would be insane. No. That would be insane. No. But it, I think it's going to happen. It's going to be some bottom-of-the-barrel team. He's going to go play for the Washington Wizards like Michael Jordan did for his last year. You're acting like you're acting like Bronny's going to be like a late, late, late. Right? He, you're acting like he's going to be a second-round pick. This man's going to be a first-round pick, at least top 15, top 20 maybe. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to be a good team that picks him. Hold on. Okay, come he's, on. Go ahead, see he's, money. He's the 39th ranked player in his class right now. Now right I get now. that he has he has the potential to have LeBron James drafted with him. And I know we went through the list last week where I said he's still the third greatest, third best player in the NBA today, whatever, right? LeBron, that would be so that's two years from now, or is that three years from now that Bronny could be drafted? I think it's two. 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 So that'll be LeBron James <laughs> playing with his son in year what 21, 22? Like, don't get me wrong, LeBron's Iron Man, he's had arguably the longest prime in terms of NBA history that we've ever seen. So there's got to be some point where LeBron, his value in terms of just a one-year rental, because he's essentially saying, I want to play my last year with my son. It's kind of like, you know, Michael Jordan's swan song with the Wizards. Like, don't get me wrong, you could still probably average 20, and you could still be a pretty good player in the NBA, but it's not like LeBron's just a difference maker that's automatically going to make you a championship contender. Maybe if he goes to... Maybe if he goes, it's to LeBron James. Oh, it's come LeBron on, you're twenty, you're twenty-two or twenty-one, James. whatever it is. It's you're LeBron, bro. Not only that, Stop. but just imagine being Stop put it. in Bronny James's shoes. Like the the amount of pressure that that is. Yeah. Like, hey, son, don't worry about it. You can come out and go to the draft whenever you want. But whenever you do, just make sure it's quick enough before I have to retire because I'm old as hell. That's just. Yeah, yeah. LeBron has defied for the longest time. I just that's asking a lot for him to be at that level that he's at right now in two years from now. He's just gonna go play with another team full of superstars. It's gonna carry, it's gonna carry, it's gonna carry. But I'll just say this his next championship's not gonna be with the Lakers if he wins one at all. So you're making that I don't think I don't think LeBron wins another championship. I don't think so. He doesn't need to. He, he's he's got four. He's fine. He's yeah, first ballot. Four. First ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, probably the second greatest player of all time in the NBA. Okay, we're gonna like, talk about that. But who's better than LeBron all time? Besides, I don't know. We'll have to come back. No, I'm saying I. We're have to come back to Collins Corner. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna talk about it. You can't say magic. No, I'm saying. I understand. Magic has fun. All right. Well, hey, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll get to that later. Let's, we'll get to that later. We'll have to calm down the heated discussion for now. That's going to do it for hour, for hour one and 10 minutes. Jeez, boys. We went over a little bit. Anyway, if you have listened to this point, we really, really appreciate it. We know that we can just ramble on sometimes. Um, we'll be glad when we get back into the studio, but. Be sure to tune in for hour two of the Fools and Souls podcast. The boys and I will be taking it to Cullen's Corner. As he already mentioned, we got a pretty feisty one coming up for there. Anthony's Alley and my very own Kevin's Kickback. But for now, don't forget to grab a stool and be a fool. Peace.